The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. One last waiver wire show or just a victory lap. Congratulations. And you know fantasy championships were decided on that Najee Harris run. That was that was pretty exciting stuff. Uh, we're gonna start with that game. We welcome on the other side of it. I it, but it was exciting. I mean, just from a neutral standpoint, I had nothing riding on that game. It was exciting. I was texting with uh, with our buddy Darst, our colleague. And he had Deontay Johnson and his opponent had Najee Harris. And they were in a dogfight the whole game. And in the fourth quarter, his opponent with Najee pulled ahead by about a point. And the way it was playing out, you know, the Steelers had the lead. This is not looking good for you. They're just going to run it. They're going to run it. And they get the ball back and let Ben throw. Just let him throw one more time. (laughs) And Najee breaks off that run. And I said to him, man... Oh, wow. Yeah, look at this graphic we have here. Um, anyway, I said, at least you didn't lose on that play because he was down like two points before that touchdown run. But I don't know, Jamie. That was a, you know what? That was a pretty sweet way to cap off the fantasy season. Um, well, I mean, for most people, obviously, there are people playing in Week 18. But, uh, yeah, again, unless you're on the other side of it. You yeah. know, I, I, I tweeted when it happened. You know, I'm sure he decided many fantasy titles, and I got a flood of both both sides of it. Yeah. Of uh, him, you know, ruining people's nights and and saving people's nights. So that happens. You know, it uh, it 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 certainly um, could have gone the other way. You know, if Nick Chubb had gotten the touchdown instead of Harrison Bryant, you know, and the late score there for the Browns also. So a lot of people that were relying on Nick Chubb that probably pissed a lot of people off also, or saved a lot of people. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if there's uh, any crazy moments in in Week 18. Probably from some very unknown places based on some of the teams that could be resting guys. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel, um, Dave, I'll throw this to you, do you feel like this is a a more, uh, this Week 18, do you feel like, is the most normal Week 18 we've had? No, I, just in terms of players resting, I mean, we don't have that many seeds decided, and we might have a fairly normal week. Does it feel that way to you, or do you think there's going to be a lot of a lot of benchings? I I think a little bit will depend on what happens in the Chiefs game. Basically, once the Chiefs win, there's going to be a couple of teams that probably um, won't even bother. They they shouldn't even bother trying to play their guys. Uh, the actually, there's only one: the Bills or the Bengals, rather. The Bills have something to play for, so they might rest their guys. And I think the Eagles are getting in line to rest their guys after the COVID outbreak that they had on Monday. But every other team, like the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is talking like he's going to play. He wants to play. Mike McCarthy said the Cowboys are going to play their guys. Bruce Arian said the Bucs are going to play their guys. It does seem like pretty much everybody's going to play. You've got to watch out for the Bengals and the Eagles. That's it. I'd be very surprised if the Packers played more than a half and maybe not even a quarter. 
It just makes yeah. absolutely no sense for them to play their guys. Well. I agree, but when Aaron Rodgers is talking like he's talking, you've got to give it some. some well, I mean, there's obviously some gamesmanship involved. You know, he kind of indicated last night that he wouldn't have an issue sitting as well. Um, I, I, I just think it's stupid if they play their guys. They have nothing to prove, nothing to play for. Uh, get to the playoffs healthy. Last thing you want to do is see somebody from the Packers get hurt, and that could ruin what looks like the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah, after the game, they had a lot of quotes, but LaFleur said it kind of felt like a long time to be off. So it felt it felt like one of those, let's play him for a quarter, play him for a half situation. Yeah, I think that's all you'll see them. I, if they play a full game, that's just stupid. Probably, yeah. Uh, they have locked up the one seed, and they are, uh, I don't know how many teams have locked, I guess I don't know how many teams have locked up a seed in general. I know teams have clinched, but are any the teams? The Bills are locked into the four. Okay. The... Uh... So the Bills, Bills don't have anything to play for? Who? The Bills don't have anything to play for? The Bills, the Bills have to win the division. They could they could fall to the five. They can, I'm sorry. The Bills can fall to the five. They can't move up. Oh, okay, so, okay. So Buffalo at best will be the four if they win. Um, the Patriots will be the five if they win, unless the Bills lose. Then they're the four. Um, the Rams and the Cardinals can swap spots and fall anywhere from two to four. And the Packers are locked into the one. The Titans win. They're the one. And like Dave said, if the Chiefs win, the best the Bengals can do is the two. I'm sorry. No, if the Chiefs win, the Bengals are locked into three. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to give the Chiefs some advice. You should lose and get the three seed so the Chargers don't kick your ass in the first round and upset you and bounce you from the playoffs after they beat the Raiders on Sunday night. You heard it here first. A half-hearted prediction that I think could actually happen. It would be scary, I think, for the Chiefs to face the I think Chargers. I want to I get this correctly. Let me make sure I got it. I think if the um, if the Colts lose to the Jaguars, which I believe they're 2-2 two and two against them in the last two seasons, then if the yeah, Chargers and Raiders tie... Mm-hmm, they're yeah. both in. They're both in. Yes. Um, they have to... The, Right, the Colts have to lose to the Chargers for that to happen. To the Jaguars for that to, to happen. The Jaguars. Right. right, yeah, and then they Colts play Sunday night. night, so they could just say, "Hey, why don't we just why don't we just tie? We both get in. Everybody's happy, right?" How how crazy would that be? We just saw the game that everybody's waiting to see. Last game of the regular season. They just take knees across the board. Yeah. The Hopefully, you don't have any fantasy uh, fantasy implications there. All right, let's uh, let's go to Pittsburgh twenty six and Cleveland fourteen. Uh, how do you throw 34 to I don't have the numbers in front of me, but 34 times 45. for less than 100 yards in the first half? Was that Roethlisberger? Was, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the whole game. Uh, the whole game was uh, 46. <laughs> they both threw 38 times, and they were both under 185 passing yards. It was really one of the, a pretty bad display of quarterbacking. But, um, Dave, give me a fantasy takeaway from this game. The Steelers have a lot of work to do in their passing game going into the offseason. Roethlisberger's out the door. Mason Rudolph isn't the answer. They're going to have to find somebody else to redeem the values of Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Pat Fryermuth moving forward. Oh, and they also need a like a whole new offensive line, basically. Not all five spots, but a lot of them. I wonder how people are going to view Najee Harris. He, he's obviously in the discussion as a first-round pick. Uh, but the yards per carry is so bad. But last night it was so good. Um, he had had some some pretty weak games, a couple of them lately. But 
Did, right now, is he a top 12 guy for you overall next year? Uh, yes. He is, uh, just to give you a sneak peek, we are doing our position previews on HQ for 2022. And uh, today we're revealing our top 10 running backs. And he is a top, I think, eight guy for all of us. Uh, myself, Dave, and Heath. Yeah, I got him seventh. Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, first half, 34 pass attempts for 96 yards. How is that possible? I mean, how is that possible? That's horrible. There was a lot of, it's third and seven, and let's throw it two yards. Oh, that's the, all year they've been doing that. It's, right. it's incredible. Um, yeah, you're, you're right about Nick Chubb not scoring that goal line touchdown play action. They throw to Harrison Bryant. I couldn't believe that. And Chubb, you, you sit there, you can't believe the whole game. that He's not getting more work, and their game plan was so ridiculous, but he was dealing oh, with... Manning was screaming about it. It was a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, my dad texted me and told me the announcers were bothering him because they were being too negative. I said, no, you don't understand that the Browns deserve this criticism. Uh, but Chubb has had injured ribs. What's that? Yeah, he got hurt during the game. Uh, we didn't know that at the time. But yes, he had injured ribs. And uh, Dearness Johnson, maybe since they've been eliminated, Dearness Johnson, 36%. Uh, maybe it's his turn in week 18. But all right. Anything, I mean... Jamie, if you have Baker Mayfield in a dynasty league, you give him a pass for what we've seen the last half of the season because he's he is obviously playing hurt. Um, I mean, I guess you give him a slight pass, but you know, I I think you gotta see what happens. You know, there was the report I think it was last week about them bringing competition for him. So clearly, there's frustration and understandably so with uh, with his performance. And yes, you could chalk it up to injury, but he hasn't taken the step forward. You know, and, and you could say you know he regressed with the coaching staff from year one to year two. Um, you know, you thought you made, saw some strides in year three, um, in, in terms of what he performed, the way he performed last year and getting them in the playoff run. But, you know, it, it's, it's pretty clear that they need some help at the receiving core. You know, they, they need a, a legitimate number one guy. They don't have that. Uh, Jarvis Landry is not that option. So I think that will certainly help. And I'm sure they thought that that was Odell Beckham, but in any event, uh, a lot of this falls on Baker. And so he's got to, he's got to improve. So as a dynasty option, um, no, I'm not satisfied with what I have in him as a starter in a one quarterback league, but in a two quarterback or super reflex league, yes, I still think he's, he's a starter in that format. What are the odds that he stays the starter in Cleveland? 95%. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think so. All right. QBs don't grow on trees. I I don't think that it's like 50 or 60% or something like that. I don't know if I'd go 95. By the way, uh, who are they getting? I don't know. They'd have to see what other options are available to them or if they draft somebody, but I, I don't know if they can. Think so. I, and they're we'll not see. picking high enough to get one of these guys. That's true, unless they trade up. Uh, I I don't know. I just I don't know if they can win with Baker, so they're going to be stuck in the middle, and that's always a bad place to be. You either want to rebuild, get it over with, and start to look toward the future, or you want to try and make a splash move. And I don't know if they can. Well, the argument for Baker is that he played – very well uh, down the stretch last season. Carried them into the playoffs, won them a playoff game. And you could you could blame the injury. And he, no, I don't know who could be successful with these wide receivers. But, uh, yeah, obviously, for a number one overall pick, it's it's not great right now. By the way, Nick Chubb, want to guess right now, as of after week 17, where he ranks per game in PPR? RB what? 14. 15. 12. Mm. And who's number one? Per game? Yep. Is this among everybody? So it could be someone like McCaffrey who didn't play? 
correct. Derek Henry. Henry. Derek Henry. Oh, okay. Henry Taylor. Yep. Henry Taylor, Eckler, Fournette, McCaffrey. There's your top five in PPR per game scoring. Well, all right. Let's uh, tell you about DFS because if you're not playing fantasy football anymore because your season's over or you lost or whatever, and you're you know even if your league's playing in week 18, you can play as many DFS lineups as you want. And the best way to get ready for that is through the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast with Frank Stample, Sia Najad, and Mike McClure. These are experts in the field. They know what they're talking about. They'll help you set great lineups, help you win some money. So check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. Here's another thing to check out. Our social media team put together an amazing music video. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. Or just go to youtube.com slash today and check it out in our podcast. And if you're just listening at home, you'll be able to enjoy it anyway. So we're going to take about a minute and a half. Check out this amazing production from our CBS Sports social team. I missed my niece's birthday, but I'm sure she'll understand. I was watching Red Zone with a cell phone in my hand. Updated injury lists, checking out tight ends on the waiver wire. I grew this playoff stash to win a bunch of cash. My wife thinks it's disgusting, but she's probably jealous. I'm a fantasy champion, torching the losers. It's outstanding, isn't it? Awesome. It was great. Way to go, man. For all the people who worked on that, congratulations. A, a real a smash hit. All right, now, for the reason why we're here today, let's talk about the waiver wire for Fantasy Week 18. And, Jamie, who are the top guys we're looking at? Oh, it's a great list. Um, <laughs> I think you got to start. The receivers are the better options. Um, you know, the, the, the best running back, which, you know, this is kind of uh, a lot of if this guy does – doesn't play or if this the situation doesn't happen uh but the receivers i think you know if, if you still find kj osborne you go back to him uh it was it was great if you started him and, and he scored for you last week but most likely kirk cousins is back and it's a good matchup against the bears so i like him the best he just meets the threshold um after him i think you know you look at uh some of these guys who have been in some very good situations lately and playing well um the next guy I would actually go to would be Cyril Grayson, uh, just with the opportunity to step in for uh, Antonio Brown not being there and Chris Godwin not there. Um, you know, he obviously stepped up last week, but he's got at least 81 yards in each of the last two games. He had 81 yards against the Panthers two games ago when there was no Godwin, no Evans. So I think he's worth you know buying into as a as a starter in three receiver league. Um, and then the next two guys are kind of tied to other players. So Braxton Berrios and Zay Jones have been playing very well, but. Does Elijah Moore and Jameson Crowder come back this week? And what does that mean for Berrios? And does the return of Darren Waller sort of, you know, put a, a damper on what Zay Jones has been? So I think they're worth picking up just because we don't know what's going to happen with those two scenarios. But 
those two would be the next two options for me. Well, why not Elijah Moore? Would you pick him up? He's about 60%. I just don't know roster. if he's going to play. You, can, you obviously could pick him up and just, you know, we'll see what his health factor is. But um, if you're looking at the Jets receivers right now, obviously, you, 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 at least the way I would approach it is, you know, going with a hot hand of, of Barrios. So let me ask you this. What, who would you rank higher, Elijah Moore if he plays or Braxton Berrios if Moore and Crowder don't play? Uh, Berrios. Okay. Dave, why don't you give us some some running backs? Actually, it's it's a pretty good week for running backs, I I think. Um, you know, you've got the Tampa Bay situation. You've got the Philadelphia situation. Uh, you've got Jared Patterson, potentially. So who, who do you like at running back? Well, there's a lot of if-then situations at running back. So you've just got to keep in mind that what we tell you now might not necessarily be what's accurate come Tuesday night, Wednesday night, or even Saturday night. So... A lot of moving parts. Le'Veon's at the top of the list for me, and it feels gross. All these names feel gross because there's a lot of uncertainty. You just don't know um, which running back is going to get the big opportunity. But we know that Keyshawn Vaughn got uh, nicked up. We know that Ronald Jones hurt himself. If those guys are out, even with Giovanni Bernard coming back, you've got to think Le'Veon Bell has a chance to be a part-time back in this Tampa Bay offense, and it's a great matchup. So he's at the top of the list for me. If there's no Antonio Gibson, Jarrett Patterson would he might even jump ahead of Le'Veon Bell, honestly, just because if there's no Gibson, it's the matchup against the Giants should be really good for him. And then there's just like a bunch of names that are just okay. There's Ogumbo Wale, he's ahead of Duke Johnson, he's ahead of Rex Burkhead. The guy that would be toward the very top of this running back list, and maybe the must add, would be Kenneth Gainwell. And that's if we knew for sure that he would be the guy dominating carries and catches for Philadelphia. But even if he is, if Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, we know they're on the COVID list. If they're out, they don't play. And the Cowboys do decide to play their starters on both sides of the football. It's going to be a bunch of backups in Philly running against the starters for Dallas. I don't know how good Gainwell will be. So there could be a good opportunity for him. We don't know how many touches he'll actually get. We don't know who else will be healthy in that Philadelphia backfield. So it's one that I'm just not so sure. And I'm not confident to say that Gainwell is going to save your week 18. You got a couple other guys too. You have um, Samaje P. Ryan's a very similar situation to the Eagles. Uh, most likely, if the Chiefs win, I would imagine Joe Mix and Joe Burrow, the, the receivers, are probably sitting. So P. Ryan could be the lead running back there. But again, you're talking about backups versus starters. But it's also the Browns probably resting a couple of guys also just based on injuries and not having their full complement of defensive guys out there. So P. Ryan could be in a good spot in that scenario. Um, deeper leagues, you could look at Patrick Taylor. Uh, I would guess, again, if the Packers start to pull guys off the field, they're pulling off Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And we saw in mop-up duty against the Vikings, Taylor had six carries. So, you know, he's the next man up. So that's a good opportunity for him in deeper leagues. Um, Dave mentioned the Goomba Wale. Uh, I actually think Rex Burkhead's in a better spot just because of what he did in the passing game last week with six catches. That was impressive. So hopefully that continues if David Johnson's out again. But I think even if David Johnson does come back, I don't think he has a role. And then you have the situation with the Jets and deeper leagues also. If they go back to Tevin Coleman, which would be my guess, uh, if he clears the COVID protocol, um, Carter's in the concussion protocol, Robert Sala saying they're hopeful, hopeful to get him back. It's, a, it's not a good situation based on matchup, but at least you know that he's gotten the work in the three games that, um, that Carter missed with the ankle injury earlier. He had 14 or, more care, 14 or more touches in two of those three games. Are we sure that P. Ryan would get a lot of work? Or would they go right to Chris Evans? I don't know what they would do. I would just assume that they'd go with, with P. Ryan based on how they've operated. Yeah, but they've used P. Ryan with Mixon in meaningful games. I wonder if they would rest him, too, and just give the rookie. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. All right. So welcome to week 18. <laughs> a lot to yeah, sort this out. This is why here. we don't play fantasy in week 18 in our leagues. And it's so weird. It's, you know, for, for the Cowboys, for example, I mean, they said they're going to play, but, or for the Bills, you know, for the, do the teams really care if they have the four or the five seed? You know? Well, the Patriots are, are, are talking about a home game versus road games. They're, right. I mean, the so the, the, the Bills are absolutely playing their guys. Yes. Um, the, That's true, the Cowboys, yeah. I mean, look, you have a chance to, now it's, it's, it's obviously you're asking for a lot of help in this regard, maybe not so much from the Rams' perspective because they have a tough game against the 49ers, but you are asking the Panthers to beat the, the Bucks in Tampa to help you move up a spot. Now, I think for Dallas, for example, why I think they're going to play by comparison to the Packers, even though you know they're probably going to get locked into the four seat, they're struggling right now. So you'd like to go out and put a good performance on. It might not be four quarters, but you probably expect to see them out there more so than the Packers, at least the way I would approach it. So um, the Eagles are interesting because they they can move up a spot. They could be locked into the six seed, but I don't know how much that matters, six or seven, right. you know, just uh, on, on how you're approaching things from Philadelphia's perspective. I think you want to be healthy. So the fact that they had 12 guys placed on the COVID list, I think kind of forced their hand because they're not going to be able to practice with these guys this week. And they play Saturday. So those guys have right. less time to come back. Anyway. They still can clear. They can clear by Friday. Mm-hmm. So could have them out there. But again, like why would you take a chance? And we've seen how some of these guys coming back from COVID have performed. I don't know if Philadelphia wants to have that going to the playoffs if somebody's less than 100%. So right now... Right now, if the playoffs started today, Tampa Bay is the three seed, and they would face the six seed, which is San Francisco. Um, but, well, who wants to play San Francisco right now if Garoppolo comes back healthy? I mean, you know, and, and San Francisco could miss the playoffs. This is the one spot that's up for grabs. It's either going to be San Francisco or New Orleans. The Niners are in with a win. Uh, if they lose and the Saints win, the Saints get in. The Saints, I guess, would get the seven seed, and Philadelphia would move up to the six seed. Although I don't know what would happen if they both finished nine and eight, if Philadelphia lost on Saturday night. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, wouldn't you rather? How much would you rather play the Saints than the 49ers? You know, if you're either a lot. the Rams I mean, or, the, or the Bucks. I think if you're if you're the Bucks, I don't think they care based on how they got to where they got last year. You know, having to go on the road for three straight games. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're looking at it like, oh, we want to play this team versus that team. I would imagine, though, both of those teams, Rams and Bucks respectively, would like to avoid a division opponent for the third straight time. I guess I should say the the Bucks don't really play the Saints very well. So maybe they are the one team that would rather face the 49ers than the Saints. Uh, but I hope we get the Niners in the playoffs because they could really make some noise, uh, you know, and I think they probably need Garoppolo back. But that does bring us to the waiver wire and Trey Lance, who we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, let's do some news and notes. Julio Jones is off the reserve COVID list. He is 71% rostered in his last two games, which he you know, was not healthy. He had a combined one catch on two targets. Would anybody consider starting Julio Jones this week? No. Desperation flex play. Darren Waller is expected to play Sunday night against the Chargers. I'd start him. Yeah, but uh, their slot cornerback, Nate Hobbs, was arrested for DUI. So don't know about his status for this game. Philadelphia will not have Miles Sanders back this week. They're hopeful to have him back for the playoffs. And as we've already mentioned, Dallas Goddard is on the COVID list. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, defensive tackle Fletcher Cox. I mean, it, it's a host Jason of starters. It, it, Center of that offensive line. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, it was like almost all of their best players, basically, um, going on the COVID list. And they get, they get the Cowboys at home on Saturday night. 
Derrick Henry could practice this week. He's not going to play this week, but he could he could practice in hopes of getting them back. If they win at Houston, they have the one seed, they get a bye, and then maybe you see Derrick Henry in their first playoff game. Scary. Very scary. Yeah. Yes. Michael Carter, concussion. They're hoping to have him back. Let's see if he clears. Uh, Elijah Moore has a chance to play. He's 61% rostered. Uh, Mike Glennon is out, so it's going to be Jake Fromm. So Washington's DST is going to be a popular ad this week. The Giants have given up. Uh, I think 24 points or 24 or more points to DSTs in two straight games, depending on your scoring. It's pretty crazy. Hold on. It's uh, it's at least 24 in the last two, at least 17 in the last three, and at least eight in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight games. Yeah. Uh, they're the best matchup right now. Yes. Um, and then there's a bunch of like offensive line injuries. Also, obviously, you know, Ronald Jones has an ankle injury, but also Keyshawn Vaughn hurt his ribs. So... Both those guys out right now, but hopefully they can get back in time. One thing I did not realize is that Rashad Penny rushed for 137 yards in the first half. I knew he had a huge game, but 137 in the first half. Holy cow. Uh, Drew Locke expected to start for Denver. Michael Gallup torn ACL and no Bobby Wagner this week for Seattle. All right, so let's just do the waiver wire. We won't do the top three at each position. We'll just break down the positions here and let's get to uh, the quarterback. So, so Trey Lance, Jamie facing the Rams, who have given up one touchdown pass in their last five games. Uh, do you expect the, you know, the Rams defense or uh, an easier matchup basically for Lance if he's quarterback in this week? I don't think there's. Well, first off, there's not really a good quarterback streamer for this week, just because the, all the the top options have tough matchups. You know, so the thing you're hoping for Lance is that what he showed you in the second half last week, and you know. The system um, helps him get to a, a, a certain point. I'm, I'm going to guess 18 to 20 fantasy points is probably where he'll be. 22 points was what he had last week, and that was his best game so far. So he's run for 31 yards in each of his three appearances. I'm going to guess he's in that range again. So that gives him at least a decent floor. If you can limit the turnovers, you know, you're probably talking about, like I said, an 18 to 20 point day at best. So not, not a huge ceiling, but. You know, we're talking about some of the guys who may be sitting. If, if Aaron Rodgers sits, if Joe Burrow sits, you know, and you're trying to find a pivot play, I'll take my chances with a running quarterback in this offense over some of the other stiffs that are out there. And those other stiffs would include, Tyler, well, I don't know if these are all stiffs, but Tyler Huntley, Gardner Minshew, Taylor Heineke, and you could gamble on Jordan Love. I'll throw Mac Jones out there. I don't know how much we expect the Patriots to play. Oh, no, we say they're going to play. Mac Jones coming off a huge game. Uh, maybe Ryan he's been Taylor. every other game good. And I still, I don't think that the Dolphins defense is as bad as it looked. I mean, they didn't really give up a lot of plays in the passing game. So their secondary is still good. So I, I don't think yeah. Mac Jones has a huge game. No. Um, all right. So, so it's Lance Huntley, Minshew, Heineke, Jordan Love. Uh, Dave, you want to comment on these guys? Lance is number one. I do think Mac Jones has a chance to have a safe game, maybe somewhere between 17 and 21 fantasy points. If you take out the the win game in Buffalo, he's given you at least 20 in three of his past four games. Uh, that's really about it. I mean, there's a little bit of hope for Huntley and, and Andy Dalton, I guess, because of the, in their matchups. But uh, there, there's not a lot to love once you get past Lance. Could be Fields this week, too. I don't know. That's true. How much interest would you have in him against the Vikings? He would I probably be the best of the group. Behind Lance. Behind Lance? Yeah, Fields yeah. would be the best of this group for me. You'd put him ahead of Lance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how about Garoppolo if he plays at the Rams? No, I, I don't think Garoppolo does well in this matchup. 
Yeah. Okay. I, I agree because it's a tough matchup to begin with if you're not going to run the ball. And we don't know how his hand is going to feel. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about all the running backs you need to know. We'll lay out the scenarios for you here on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back to talk about waiver wire running backs. And, oh, I wish I had the Le'Veon Bell song. It's all right. I've got Le'Veon. Yeah, anyway, I hope you all remember it. I'll try to find it and play it. Be a nice little encore. Hmm. Um, Also, uh, is Giovanni Bernard coming back this week, Jamie? So there's a chance of it. Uh, Bruce Arian said that he he could return. So that's just something to keep in mind when you're talking about Le'Veon Bell. And and Vaughn hasn't been ruled out yet. You know, Ronald Jones probably not going to play. Uh, just the fact that he's going for an MRI on his ankle, on, or he went for one on yesterday, uh, on Monday. Um, but Vaughn could play through the rib injury, so it could be a messy backfield. So that's why I don't think these running backs are great. I think what Dave said makes a lot of sense about Jared Patterson. I feel the same way, that if we find out Gibson's out, then Patterson is the best running back for this week. So just look for him on your waiver wire. You know, the, the problem is, is like the audience that we're talking to is, is so small that I would imagine a lot of people that played in Week 17 picked up Jared Patterson. So Bell might be the best of the guys who are out there. Yeah. Okay. Bell seven percent rostered. Patterson is twenty percent rostered. These roster percentages don't mean much these days. Um, and then yeah, you could even have Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. It, it, let's say Keyshawn Vaughn played. Would you guys like him? Love him? Mm? I'd like him a lot. I think he'd... I would like him better than Le'Veon. Sure. Uh, if if Keyshawn Vaughn plays and Geo plays and Geo practices all week, I don't know if Le'Veon sees the field that much. Vaughn would be my favorite running back to add. Right. So it's like we always do this on on Tuesday. It's it's not a bad move if you're in your league and you lost Ronald Jones and that's the guy you've been starting to pick up both Bucks guys. You know, so you can right. pick up or all three Bucks guys. You know, if you want to. We're going to keep our eye on the Bengals backfield. Jamie has Samaje Ryan listed here just in case Joe Mixon sits. Remember. If the Chiefs win on Saturday, then the Bengals game, it's meaningless? Bengals are locked into the three. If the Chiefs win? Yes. Correct. Okay. What if Technically, the Titans- they have an outside shot at the one, I believe. They do. They have an outside shot at the one if both the Titans and the Chiefs lose. Right. But if Correct. the Chiefs win, then that's done. Why, they can't get the two? They don't have a head-to-head tiebreaker over Tennessee? I guess they I guess could. They can't get the two if they win and and the Titans lose. But the same theory, right? Unless that's the the three way tiebreaker is what's the difference? Is. Well, they'd have the, the three versus the two seed. Right. Okay. Yeah, but they'd all be tied then. No, if the Chiefs I'm won, sorry, the, then the Titans and the Bengals will be tied then. Yeah, I don't know who has the tiebreaker in the two way scenario. Right. I'm gonna guess the Titans probably. No. Uh no the uh, the eight and three Cincinnati's eight and three in the conference and Tennessee's seven and four. Seven and four. So and they that, didn't play each other, if I recall. I don't think so. No. 
So well, I guess means, they can play for the two if they want. Yeah. All right. So if the Chiefs if the Chiefs win on Saturday, then the Cincinnati could still theoretically get the two seed. They would need Tennessee to lose to Houston, and they would have to beat Cleveland. Okay. Anyway, uh, we'll see how much they're invested in that. Like I said, I mean, I don't. There's no buy for the two, so I don't know what their incentive is. How much they want to go for it. Uh, what do we got here? We got Gainwell, obviously, you know, in Boston, Scott might still be available. Jordan Howard might still be available. So you see how that one plays out, but you could pick up Kenneth Gainwell because those guys have to come off the COVID list on Friday for a game on Saturday and they might rest them anyway. So could be a lot of Gainwell. Patrick Taylor for the Packers, uh, Rex Burkhead, Tevin Coleman, Daria Gunbawale. Those are the last three on the list. Uh, Dave, any thoughts on you like, you like Daria better than Burkhead and Coleman? I do. Uh, it's just because we know that he's going to figure to be the main guy and he'll work in the passing game a little bit. He wasn't impressive. He had a nice catch and run for a touchdown last week and it was late, but I don't know. I don't know. I think he's got a chance to probably get the most, I don't know about the most touches because Rex could get the most, but I don't like the matchup for Burkett. Yeah. I want to say, I don't like Dari, the guy, to be honest, Dari split with right ball arms. I want to see what the snap counts for. I've got the percentage. Uh, he played, he played significantly more, but the touches were about the same. 67% for Agumba Wale, 28% for Armstead. Uh, any interest in Duke Johnson against the Patriots? No. A little bit. I thought he looked okay last week, but it's still going to be a multi-pronged rushing attack. Maybe you get lucky and he gets a little bit more work than what he had last week. And uh, we've got a, a potential scenario where we're talking about Austin Walter and Ty Johnson later in the week if neither Carter nor Coleman can play. All right, to the wide receivers. K.J. Osborne, 62% rostered. This is contingent on Cousins playing. I know we caught a touchdown with Mannion, but you you would not start him against Mannion, I'm assuming? With Mannion? I would not start him against Mannion, no. Um, (laughs) uh, With Mannion? um, I might start him against Mannion. With Mannion, no. He would not be trustworthy, but I would be very surprised if Cousins doesn't play. Yeah. Okay. And then you got Braxton Berrios. You've got... Cyril Grayson. Now, Grayson is more of a deep threat. He's got a pretty high A dot. He does have right. two, two straight games with 81 yards. So so why would it not be Ty, uh, Tyler Johnson, who's you know been, been solid when he's had you know his six to seven targets, and he had four for 50 on six targets, and he could have he almost had a touchdown at the Jets. So why are we favoring Grayson over Ty Johnson? I think Brady's locked in with Grayson right now. Seems to like him a lot. Bruce seems to like him a lot. So we'll see. I mean, Ty Johnson, Tyler Johnson could be, you know, fairly safer. Um, I think, you know, you're still looking at Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski dominating targets. So that's the, the main part of this. But, you know, the Bucks have to start to figure out what they have, and you know, more so for the playoffs. And I think Grayson's kind of, you know, developed a little bit of a niche and a rapport with, with Brady right now. So I'll buy into him more than Tyler Johnson. He's an interesting story, too. He didn't play college football. He was he a track, track star at LSU, 4-3 speed. Bounced around practice squads for a few years, and now he's just getting an opportunity with the greatest quarterback of all time on a team that's headed to the playoffs. So th- this one's a lot of fun. I love the fact that he can stretch the field, and Brady can get him the ball downfield. So that explosiveness makes him appealing to me. Hey Dave, remember on Sunday night somebody said the three best wide receivers in the NFL are all from LSU. We couldn't figure right. out who the third. Maybe this is the third. Cyril Grayson was the guy. Cyril Grayson. Uh, Zay Jones, Jamie already mentioned the problem here with, for Zay Jones. He's, he's, you know, he's getting a lot of targets and he had 120 yards at the Colts, but Darren Waller's coming back this week and that could, that could put a damper on things. That probably puts him in the flex at best range. 
So then why not just uh, play it safe and go with Jacoby Myers, 52% rostered? You kind of know if the Patriots are playing a win, which I think they will be, trying to get that number that uh, division title, uh, you know what you're getting from Myers. you got a pretty good floor there, and he had coming off a great game, but coming off two great games, right? Uh, so, eh, no. Better lately, though. Um, anyway. Well, how about this? He's given you at least 10 PPR points in each of his last four games that weren't played in uh, Hurricane Simulator. Right. So that that's the safe floor that you're talking about. It's rare when he scores. I know he scored last week. And it also feels rare when he gets more than six catches in a game, and he did that last week too. But if you're looking for someone that can get you 10 to 12 PPR at minimum, I think he can do that. The Dolphins uh, are, you know, not bad against the pass, obviously, but they're not great against slot wide receivers. They give up the ninth most receiving yards to slot wide receivers. Jamie, how do you feel about Marquez Callaway with uh, 97 or more yards in two of his last three games and facing the Falcons? And those two games have come with Taysom Hill. It seems as if, remember last year when Taysom was leaning on Michael Thomas? He's done that now with Marcus Callaway. And it's been fun to see. You know, it's unfortunate that it happened so late in the season because, you know, Callaway was somebody we had high expectations for after a strong preseason. But this has become Taysom's guy. And it's, uh, you know, too little too late. But for this week, if you still need him, I, I think it's worth trusting because the targets have been consistent. The production has been consistent. And so matchup's good. I, I think Callaway's in a good spot. So... Uh, who do you like better next season, Michael Thomas or Calvin Ridley? Who's the quarterback for each team? Oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Matt Ryan and uh, Taysom Hill, I guess. I don't know if Michael Thomas is on the Saints. Uh, that's a fair point. There's also the chance maybe Russell Wilson's on the Saints too. So, um I think if it's Taysom Hill and Michael Thomas and Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley, I'll go back to Calvin Ridley. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, tough to leave Michael Thomas off uh, top 10 wide receiver list for next year. Sure. You can't lose sight of what he was before this year. But then I thought, is he just Saquon Barkley? Is like, is he just broken not, down? I mean, there's a What'd you say? There's a chance that he could... Uh, he could just continue to deal with injuries and never be the guy that he once was. If you're in mega deep leagues, Laquan Treadwell, he's he's like Jacoby Myers, basically. Yeah, I, I'm writing this now, and it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's got the upside of Myers, though. Not that either one has, like, great upside. Well, I mean, you take away the touchdown last week, it's the same numbers for the last month. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty remarkably consistent for Treadwell. And uh, said Wilson... Filling in for Michael Gallup. He had a touchdown last week. And Antoine Wesley seems to... I don't have the numbers, Dave. I don't know if you could quickly look this up, but I feel like in the last three games without Hopkins, Wesley might might lead the team in end zone targets. I feel like he's getting the DeAndre Hopkins treatment. He lines up on the left side. He goes in the end zone, and Kyler Murray throws it to him. Or maybe Red... I think it's absolutely what he's been doing. Yeah, he's got three touchdowns in the three games without Hopkins. Oh, so he must have some end zone targets. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, facing Seattle. Who All right, last three Seattle. games, Wesley has six end zone targets. Get the hell out I'm of here. That leads the league. That's incredible. In the last three weeks, the leader in end zone targets in the National Football League is, is a tie between Stephon Diggs and Antoine Wesley. <laughs> That's funny. All right, good stuff. Uh, Gabriel Davis is still available, 
Alan Lazard, 37%. You guys want to take a look at them? Uh, yeah, I didn't realize Davis was so low. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll double check on that. I could be wrong, but he's got the Jets. Lazard, I, I'm not starting any Packers. I just do not think, well, maybe Rodgers, I don't know. But I, I just think, like, Lazard is too risky if they play a half. Uh, yeah, Davis Agreed. is 44% rostered. So Yes, he should be number one on the list. Oh, all right. Hey, how about that? Gabriel Davis, number one against the Jets. Let's go. He had nine number targets one, last week. Number one. <laughs> hey, uh, Shrag, have you seen Billy Madison? Yeah, I have. I think we've talked about this. Uh, it's like well, the I, one movie I've seen. I forget. Yeah, you haven't seen anything. Yeah. <laughs> one movie. You like it? Yeah, it's hilarious. Okay. I know you saw Tommy Boy within the last few years, and you liked that one. Billy Madison was better. I think I, I, I I'm set now. Billy Madison is better than Happy Gilmore. I you know o- over the years I've gone back and forth, but it's it's set in stone. It's it's Billy Madison. So just remind me. It's next definitely time sillier. It's just better. It's and that that's probably what makes it better is that it's just so zany. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk tight ends here. How's this week looking at tight end, Jamie? Not great. Um, really? You know, there's not really like a, a standout replacement option, but there are some guys that may have been dropped. And so, you know, you look at Tyler Higby, uh, good targets last week, you know, not the greatest of matchups, but I think Van Jefferson, there was some talk about him getting benched in that game. There was some questions, did he get hurt? Um, you know, it could have been after he had the, I think it was a tipped intercept or, or a missed, missed uh, catch that led to an interception. Um, but Higby, I think is kind of safe. I'll go back to Jared Everett again. I don't think he's necessarily going to disappear. Um, so I, I think he's also worth starting this week. So both those guys, depending on who you like better. Uh, Cole Komet, last time he faced Minnesota, had a very strong game. I think it was six catches for 71 yards. So he's worth looking into again. We'll see who the quarterback is there. John Bates could be the starter for Washington in a good matchup against the, the Giants with uh, Ricky Seals-Jones dealing with a concussion. And then if Kyle Pitts doesn't play because of the hamstring injury, you have Hayden Hurst, um, who could come off the COVID list and be a streamer in deeper leagues. Cool. All right. So just to repeat the name, you got Higby, you've got uh, Everett, Komet, John Bates, Hayden Hurst. Dave, you like anyone? I like Everett the best of the group. I'm just not ready to trust Higby. He feels like one. He's he's like the treadwell of tight ends, where he can get you eight or nine PPR points, maybe ten. That's okay if, if you're streaming. But I think Everett's got a little bit more upside. He's had a lot of end zone opportunities over the last four weeks. Yeah, the problem is, is that his matchup is brutal because the Cardinals have actually done a really nice job against tight ends for the most part. They have. And uh, even though Hayden Hurst had a lot of, or sorry, uh, Dalton Schultz had a lot of targets. I think he had six catches last week. He didn't really do much with it. They've been great against tight ends for sure. And, you know, it's tight end. Good luck to you out there. So maybe you're going to have better luck streaming a DST. Jamie's got the Chiefs number one going up against the Broncos at home. Titans, number two at Houston. The football team, their third. What do you think? Let's move them up, Jay. What do you think? Let's move them up to first. Sure. <laughs> what do you think? I like the Chiefs better this week, but I, I, I could see, uh, I could see the, the Washington football team again at the Titans. Ahead of the Titans. Yeah, I've got them ahead of the Titans. Chiefs, Washington, Titans for me. Okay. And that's assuming you can't find the Colts who take on the Jaguars, and that's like the holy grail of DST matchups. I don't think anyway. I think, the, I think it's the Giants, honestly. Giants are the worst team in the NFL right now. At the very least, the Colts are a, a mix of a good defense taking on a very bad offense. Did the Giants? How score good is the Washington week? defense? 
Did the Giants score a touchdown last week? No, I don't think they did, right? No. So that's four touchdowns in their last five games. And three of them in garbage. I, I get it. Yeah. I wonder if things will be a little better with Fromm. No, no. Did you see okay. Fromm two weeks ago? Yeah, he was terrible. Maybe he's gotten it back together after a week of practice. No. They're probably just going to hand off to Saquon 20 times again. Yeah, they basically just went wildcat. Uh, Fromm, mm-hmm. how many yards? Did he throw for 25 yards? He threw for... Yes. Oh, when he, he threw for 25 yards. Six of 17 for 20. Even Ben Roethlisberger is laughing at that stat line. Yeah, that's incredible. You have to want Joe Judge fired, right? No, I don't want Joe Judge fired. Why? He's yeah, a you want more early draft picks? You know, this is, a, this is a football thing. It's not just about the Giants. When an organization just spins through coaches, it's not the coach. Okay, I, you know, this would be... Well, yeah, the, you need the GM gone and you need the coach gone. The, too. the GM's bringing gone. Bringing in the GM with the same coach is such a recipe for disaster. They're not going to demand... From what I understand, they're not going to demand that the new GM keep Joe Judge. They they are not going to Joe fire... Part of the hiring search. They're not going to fire... They're not firing <laughs> Joe Judge. If the GM wants to fire Joe Judge, he'll be able to, from what I've read. Um, he should. They are not going to fire him because they... they I, and I agree with it. I, I think Judge could be fine. I just think... They need better players. They can't. Nobody could win. Vince Lombardi could not win with the, this team right now. Uh, I, I don't disagree that he needs better players, but everything he says is such buffoonery that he just needs to go. Uh, <laughs> the press conference was not a good look. <laughs> it was Which not, one? The one, you know, two days ago was not a good look. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of like him. You know, I think uh, I don't think it's his fault. Oh, now you know he's a bad coach. I don't know if he's a bad coach. That's the thing. I don't know if he's a good coach. I don't know if he's a bad coach. It's 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 tough to judge. It's yeah, you know, pun intended. It's tough to judge. But it's just it would be Ben McAdoo two years fired, Pat Shermer two years fired, Joe Judge two years fired. And it's just like maybe maybe they did hire the right coach, and they just need to give him a little bit of time, especially when you hire a first time head coach. But that's the thing with these bad organizations. They cycle through coaches, and it's not necessarily their fault. So I don't. I, I guess I don't have a strong. They hired the guy. Who's out there? Who's the coach? That, who's out there? That's going to be this great coach. I mean, if they're willing to leave. Yeah. So, McDaniel's would be certainly an upgrade. Another um, another Patriots failure. I mean, how many? They just did that with. I Judge. think he's going to be much better in his second stint than he was in his first stint because he's learned from it. Maybe. Um. I mean, if, if Jim Caldwell would take the job there, I think he would be suitable. Doug Peterson, if he would take the job there, I, would, I think he's suitable. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, like, Leslie Frazier in a second time around would be the right guy. But obviously, you know, Todd Bowles, I think, would be good in his second time around, too. I don't know. You know and I, I get it. your point, too, Adam, because there, there isn't a great coaching candidate that's out there right now. Well, McDaniels is. I, I guess. That's fair. McDaniels is, but he does have this stain of of being from the Patriots, right. and almost every single one of the Patriots coaches end up. I don't know if they're bad because coaches always go to bad teams, right? So it's not always their fault. But you know, you you know what I'm saying. I mean, most of the pl- most of the coaches plucked from the Patriots fail. Uh, yeah. So, in- including McDaniel's, who had a pretty right. bad stint. Think about what happened to him after he left the Patriots and went to Denver, struggled there, went to the Rams and got fired, and then went back to the Patriots in the same year. And then he was going to take the job with the Colts and then ended up turning it down. Right. 
I'm sure there are a lot of NFL owners that would be very hesitant to give the job to McDaniels. Not what you're hearing, though. Somebody. Well, somebody again, it goes back to who else is out there. How about Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien coached well. You know, just don't let him do any, make any personal. Bring back Jason Garrett. Look, Bill O'Brien was a pretty successful coach, you know? Doesn't get enough credit for that. Real popular with the players. Guys love playing. For them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not true. Well, if you ask Joe well, Judge, according to Joe Judge, guys, everybody wants to play. Guys, the yeah, they love, we could. Who who was he talking about that went? I think the, somebody said it was Dalvin Tomlinson and uh, somebody else who left last year. Um, I don't know. Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah, that was the key. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't think. It's another defensive guy. It wasn't Janoris Jenkins. I saw Jenkins, a report. I don't remember who it was. Right? No, he's been gone for too long. Mm. Oh, whatever. Um, all right. Well, fun Giants conversation. Thanks, guys. At, the, at bare minimum, you should want Gettleman to take a hike. Oh, that's, you don't have to want that. That's happening. <laughs> yeah. Now it's just a matter of uh, two top ten draft picks. What are they gonna? How are they gonna screw this one up? All right. Have a great day, everybody. Good luck to you in Week 18 if you're playing. Tomorrow we'll talk uh, We'll talk 2022 and a little bit of Week 18 as well. we got a regular week of podcasts, so we'll see you right here on YouTube and in your ears wherever you're listening. Uh, for Dave and Jamie and Shraggy B and our social team for producing that amazing video, I'm Adam. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>